0: morning, everyone. This morning we'll begin a new series, a four-part series on Jesus' first miracle of turning the water into wine at the wedding of Canaan of Galilee as recorded in John chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. And so it's probably the best way to start is just to read the text and then we'll try to start unpacking it from there. Here now... The word of God. On the third day, there was a wedding in Canaan of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, we have no wine. And and Jesus said to her, woman, what does this have to do with us? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Whatever he says to you, do it. Now there were six stone water pots set there for the Jewish custom of purification, containing 20 or 30 gallons each. Jesus said to them, Fill the water pots with water. So they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, Draw out some now and take it to the head waiter. So they took it to him. When the head waiter tasted the water which had become wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn it the water knew, the head, water, the head waiter called the bridegroom and said to him, Every man serves the good wine first, and when people have drunk freely, then he serves the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. This beginning of His signs Jesus did in Canaan of Galilee and manifested His glory, and the disciples believed in Him. After this, He went down to Capernaum, He, His mother, and His brothers, and His disciples, and they stayed there a few days. That finishes the reading of God's holy and inspired word. Now, in the weeks to come, we will consider the wedding and we'll reflect upon the redemptive significance behind the wedding ceremony and the fact that we are married to Christ. Then we'll also look at the banquet as we consider our participation in the marriage supper of the Lamb. And lastly, we'll look at the better wine to see why the Lord chose this miracle to be His first miracle. But this morning, I want to begin this series by considering the invitation. I want to ask the question, what is the significance behind those invited to this wedding at Canaan of Galilee? What is the the significance behind those invited to this wedding at Canaan of Galilee. Now our main focus for today will be verses 1 and 2 from John chapter 1, which reads, On the third day, there was a wedding in Canaan of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there, and both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. Now, of course, as we read the broader text just a few moments ago, we see that Mary, Jesus' mother, Jesus, also Jesus' brothers, along with his disciples, were all invited to this wedding. Now, according to a 3rd century Latin preface to the Gospel of John, the bridegroom was John, the son of Zebedee. According to another tradition, John's mother was the sister to Jesus' mother, which would have made John and Jesus cousins and would explain why Mary, Jesus, and Jesus' brothers were all invited to the wedding. But the fact is there is no trace of these facts anywhere else in biblical records, only in these two ancient uh, writings. But I believe the text does provide some helpful hints as to why Mary, Jesus, and his brothers were invited to the wedding. We see that Mary's knowledge and concern for the wine running out makes one think that she was involved in the planning for food and drinks for this wedding banquet. Now, anyone who has planned a wedding, and I know we have a couple of families here that are planning uh, weddings, you know all the planning that goes into the rehearsal, dinner, and the reception. And you know how stressful that planning can be because you, uh, you don't want anyone to be left out. And you, you want to make sure that there's plenty of food and plenty of drinks. You want everyone to have a good time, everybody to enjoy this time together. But the fact is, is that today wedding planning is so much easier than it was during the New Testament. Today we just pick a venue and book it, and then we call the restaurant and tell them how many guests are going to be there, and then we develop a seating chart and then an agenda for the evening, and we're pretty much done. We don't even have to do the dishes. But in the time of the New Testament... Wedding ceremonies could last up to seven days. And the host was responsible to provide food and drinks for the whole time, for the entirety of the seven days. And to run out of food or to run out of wine would cause a great embarrassment to the host family and also to the bride and groom. So my point is is that for for Mary to have the knowledge that the wine had run out, this would mean that she is not just some common guest to this wedding. It shows that she was intimately involved in the preparations for it, and possibly she was the chairperson of the host committee. Now, the wine had run out. And it's not like Mary could just have one, someone slip away and buy a few cases down a total wine. No. Mary needed a miracle. She needed a miracle. Now, her initiative shows that she felt responsible for fixing this embarrassing problem her giving orders to the servants, well, this shows that Mary was not some plus one on the guest registry. The text provides us adequate information for us to conclude that Mary and her family were far more than just common guests to this wedding. They were either they were family, either by relation or by relationship. And because they were family, Mary, Jesus, and Jesus' brothers were all invited to the wedding. But the question is why were the disciples invited? The text clearly says they were invited. There is no indication from the text that Jesus' disciples had any relation to the bride or the groom. Or the host family? And to answer this question, I think what we need to do is consider the, the, the events prior to them receiving their invitation. Uh, remember, as a good Bible student, every text has a context. And we're fortunate in this, in this case that the, the only context we have is John chapter 1, which of course precedes John chapter 2, where we find the recording of the wedding of Canaan. So when we look at John chapter 1, in the first half of the chapter, we first have this divine prologue where we are introduced to the Word becoming flesh and dwelling amongst us. Amen? And then after this divine prologue, we have the proclamation of John the Baptist, who was the last prophet, And he proclaimed that Jesus was the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. We see that in the first part of John chapter 1 that that John inaugurates Jesus' earthly ministry by baptizing him in the river Jordan. And John makes testimony by saying, I myself have seen and have testified that this is the Son of God. So the first half of chapter 1, we see that John clearly presents to us that Jesus is the incarnate Son of God, the Messiah, the one who takes away the sin of the world. But then we come into the second, part of, second half of chapter 1 of John, and we see Jesus calling his first two disciples, Andrew and Peter, to follow him. Now, it's important that you understand that the calling of the 12 disciples, which are also called apostles, well, this was essential for laying the foundation of the church. The disciples were called by Christ to leave their houses, leave their lands, leave their occupations, and to follow Christ exclusively. Because upon the shoulders of his disciples, Jesus will build his church. Now, the original 12 disciples, they were special and they were unique. But they also serve as a representation to all believers of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. And I believe that this is essential for us to understand why the disciples were invited to this wedding. John John chapter 1 goes on and tells us that after he called Andrew and Peter, he also purposed to leave the region of the Jordan River and journey into Galilee, about two days walk. And there he called Philip to follow him. And after Philip accepted the call to be Jesus' disciple, Philip goes out and finds Nathanael. And then we find this interaction between Jesus and Nathanael. And I believe that this interaction is key to understanding why the disciples were invited to the wedding. The Bible tells us that Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and said to him, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? And Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. And Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, the King of Israel. And Jesus answered and said to him, Because I said I saw you under the fig tree, you believe? (laughs) You will see greater things than these. And it's this last verse of chapter one of John, that is the hinge of understanding why the disciples were invited to the wedding at Canaan of Galilee. You will see greater things than these. When we jump into chapter two, the text begins then uh, telling us a story of the wedding of Canaan and says, On the third day, there was a wedding in Canaan of Galilee. Now, most scholars agree that this reference to on the third day is to establish a connection that what took place two days prior with Jesus and Nathanael, when Jesus told Nathanael, you will see greater things than these. Jesus told Nathanael that, then three days later, here they all are, at the wedding of Canaan. So we can see that the the miracle at Canaan was, quote, the beginning of signs of Christ. And even though Christ was apprehensive in his earthly ministry to use signs, Jesus knew that God would use signs to bring people to saving faith. Even our text in verse 11 says, this beginning of his signs, Jesus did in Canaan of Galilee to manifest His glory and His disciples believed in Him. So we can conclude that one of the reasons why Jesus' disciples were invited to the wedding at Canaan was that so that Jesus could manifest His glory as the Son of God and begin His signs and miracles so that people would believe in Him, especially so that the disciples would believe in Him. Are you all still with me? But the truth is, the host family wouldn't have known anything about... This miracle. The miracle took place just out of the blue. And it was within the three days from Jesus saying this to Nathanael until they showed up that there was an invitation that went out to the disciples. The the, the host family didn't sit around and say, hey, let's send the disciples uh, to the wedding. Let's invite the disciples to the wedding so that Jesus can manifest his glory as the Son of God and they would believe. It doesn't work like that. Are you all here? See, Jesus manifesting his glory so that his disciples would believe in him really doesn't answer the question that we're trying to answer. Why were the disciples of Jesus invited? The fact is, is that Jesus' disciples were not family. The disciples probably didn't know the bride and groom, and the bride and groom probably didn't know the disciples. The fact is, is that Jesus' disciples were strangers at the banquet. And for strangers to be invited to a week-long celebration that included a full course of food and drink, well, that was highly unusual. So someone might say, just might conclude, well, Jesus' disciples, they were nothing more than New Testament wedding crashers. (laughs) Have any of you done that? But I don't think they were wedding crashers because the text says they were invited. I think Jesus' disciples were invited to the wedding because Jesus insisted that they attend, because now they are part of Jesus' new family. Now they are the people for his own possession. The the disciples, they're the first microcosm of the people of faith that would follow Christ for centuries to come. And I believe that Jesus' disciples were invited to to the wedding because in Christ, strangers are invited to the banquet. In Christ, strangers are invited to the banquet. Let me explain this. I want you to notice that the city is identified as Canaan of Galilee two times in the story. It's not just mention Canaan. Everybody would have known what he was talking about if he just wrote Canaan. Everybody knew the city. But notice the Holy Spirit designs this so it's Canaan of Galilee. Why? Because the prophet Isaiah had prophesied eight centuries before the coming of Christ that the Messiah would bring the light of the gospel to the people of Galilee. Isaiah says this, but there will be no more gloom for who sits in, in anguish as in earlier tribe, times he treated the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali with contempt but later on he will make it glorious by the way of the sea on the other side of the Jordan the Galilee of the Gentiles and the city of Canaan was in this region that the prophet Isaiah is prophesying the the. The prophecy continues. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Those who live in dark land, the light, of the, the light will shine on them. They, you shall multiply the nation. You shall increase their gladness. They will be glad in your presence as in the gladness of harvest as men rejoice when they divide a spoil. It sounds to me like there's a party going on because the gospel has come. Well, most specifically, because Isaiah goes on to say there's a party going on, there's a light to this dark land, this Galilee of the Gentiles. Why? For a child will be born to us and a son will be given to us and the government will rest upon his shoulders and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father and the Prince of Peace. And there'll be no end to the the increase of his government or of his peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. Trust me when I tell you the zeal of the Lord will accomplish this. Therefore, the first miracle at Canaan of Galilee was to underscore that Jesus came to establish a new community of God's people. And Jesus meant to unveil this new community at the wedding of Canaan, inviting these strangers to the banquet. This good news... Of this new gospel community. Jesus taught is not restricted to the nation of Israel. But it will be a community of strangers. Strangers from every tribe, every people, every nation, and every language. A community of strangers. Jesus made sure his disciples were invited to the wedding to underscore the fact that in his new community, strangers are invited to the banquet, praise be to God. Listen, brothers and sisters, every disciple of Christ must remember that there there was a time when we were strangers to the covenants of promise. There was a time when we had no hope and we were without God in the world. But now in Christ, The Bible tells us that you who were formerly far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. And Jesus wanted to show in his first miracle strangers are going to be invited to the banquet. You might as well get used to it. Now we'll talk about this more in in the next few weeks, but It's important for you to know that the Bible says that in Christ you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints. You are God's household. These disciples were part of God's household in Christ. Therefore, they had to be invited to the banquet. Brothers and sisters, no matter what your background is, no matter what your disability is, no matter your sin, no matter your situation, Christ, by his Holy Spirit, goes out into the highways and along the hedges and he compels everyone to come in because Jesus wants his banquet to be full. Amen? What's so interesting is that the name Canaan from ancient times has been translated ownership or possession. (laughs) I believe that Jesus made sure that his disciples were invited to the wedding at Canaan, not only to underscore the fact that strangers are welcome to the banquet, but to emphasize that when Christ calls us to be his disciples, we become one with Christ. We become His. We are When Christ calls us to be His disciples, the Bible says, we become one with Christ. The two become one flesh. And as the Apostle Paul teaches us, he calls this the this, this, this spiritual oneness between Christ and his church and the spiritual oneness between Christ and His disciples, the spiritual oneness between Christ and believers will, Paul calls it a great mystery, the greatest mystery of all, that when Christ calls you to be a disciple, you become one with Christ. We are members of the body of Christ. The Bible tells us that he has chosen us to be his possession, his own possession, And if Christ has called you to be a disciple, you need to hear this clearly today. You belong to Christ. You don't belong to this world. You don't belong to the the problems that you're facing. You don't belong to the situations in your life. You belong to Christ. You are with Christ. The Bible tells us that there's neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, But you are all one with Christ. In Christ, there is one flock and one shepherd. And Jesus' disciples were welcomed to this banquet, not because they were members of the wedding family. They were welcomed to this this banquet because they're members of Christ's family. And brothers and sisters, the same is for you. Because you are in Christ, because you are a disciple of Christ, you're invited to the greatest banquet of all. You're going to sit down at the marriage supper of the Lamb. You are married to Christ. And in the meantime, we have the opportunity to drink the better wine. Jesus didn't stop at anything to make sure that you knew your identity. And he wasn't going to exclude anyone. He wasn't going to exclude his disciples, and he's not going to exclude you. You're invited to the banquet. You're invited to the wedding feast. You're invited to drink up on the better wine. As I close this morning, I need to ask, is Christ calling you to himself? Is Christ calling you to be a disciple of Christ? To leave the world behind and to come and follow him exclusively. Is the Holy Spirit seeking you out? Because God, by his providence and by his sovereign grace, wants to make sure you're at the banquet. Is Christ calling you today? If he is, then I, I ask you to surrender your life to Christ. Receive him as your Lord and Savior. Receive him as the only one that can take away your sin. Maybe there's someone here today, and you're like Mary, and you need a miracle. Having somebody slip off the total wine is not going to help your problem here. You need a miracle. And if you're that person today, then I want you to follow Mary's example that once she was confronted with this embarrassing situation, immediately she went to Jesus. She told him the problem, and she expected him to fix it. Maybe you're here today, and you need a miracle. Maybe, for some reason, you feel like a stranger today. Maybe you feel outcast in some way. But I want you to know the good news, the good news is that Christ specializes on calling strangers, friends. And you need to really accept your new identity as a disciple of Christ, that you are in Christ, that you certainly in Christ are invited to the banquet, invited to the wedding supper, And you're invited today to drink of the better wine provided through Jesus Christ. Will you accept it? Will you receive it? Don't stand outside. Come on in. Let's pray. Oh, Lord God, we come to you today. and I acknowledge that you're calling me to yourself today. I acknowledge, Lord, that you're speaking to me to become a disciple of Jesus Christ. Lord, I let go of the world. I will let go of all things. And I embrace you as my Lord, my Savior. Jesus, come into my life and claim me as your disciple today. Lord, I come to you and I admit to you I need a miracle And some outward force isn't going to save this time. I need Jesus to deal with this problem. Lord, I come to you and ask you, Lord, for a miracle to change things. Lord, I come to you today. I feel like an outcast. I feel like a stranger. I've done things that makes me feel alone and isolated. But, Lord, today I've heard the good news that in Christ... Strangers are invited to the banquet. And Lord, I want to thank you for your invitation to me. And Lord, as I come into the banquet, let me enjoy the wedding feast. And Lord, let me drink of the better wine. We pray these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen.